Well, we may have all been popping the champagne corks for New Year's last evening, but our Eagles are not popping any champagne for the number one overall seed, or the division for that matter, after a hapless, really gutless effort against the Saints. We'll talk about it next on Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, whatever time of the day it is you're listening to this program. Welcome to Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff. Where do I start? For the second straight week, uh, I'm not really sure where to go. So much to talk about. And other than... Well, the main, I guess the main difference is between this game and Dallas was the Eagles showed up for the Cowboys game. They played hard and, you know, came 19 yards away from winning that game with their backup quarterback on the road. Today? I don't know what. I don't know if it was a New Year's hangover. I don't know if they overlooked the Saints. Uh, I don't know if it's because of these injuries are really taking its toll or a combination of it all. But that performance today was putrid. And I'm not even wasting any time with this postgame. This is probably the earliest postgame ever done. The game just ended half an hour ago. Uh, I got a lot to do, including some venting. You're going you're gonna to hear some venting from me. I vented a little bit last week and... Buried Slay and some of the other guys and, you know, defensive backfield. But, you know, that third and 30. Uh, but this was 10 times worse than a third and 30. Third and 30 was one play. Today, the defense was just horrible in the first half. The pass defense. Run, run defense was pretty good. Although it wasn't a healthy Camara that the Eagles were playing today. Uh, he was limping around right from the get-go, so... Um, you know, we didn't face him at his full strength, but, you know, clearly the Saints didn't play facing the Eagles at, at full strength either. But, you know, you have the, a team at home that, let's face it, the Saints have had a rough year. Yeah, they won two straight games. They're playing a lot better recently. But you got this team at home coming off a tough game against Dallas. You got the playoffs, the number one seed, everything right in front of you. You should be able to go out there at home. Whether it's Winch, you know, Minshew and not having Lane Johnson, some of these other injuries that the Eagles are coping with, Maddox, uh, and beat the Saints. That's the bottom line. This is an inexcusable loss. Inexcusable. And it's hard for me to even have it sink in, the fact that they actually lost this game. I had them winning. I thought it was going to be, 
you know, a 10 point plus win for the Eagles. I thought they'd win this game handily. I will say this, and I you know, obviously didn't have a podcast to talk about it, but you guys heard my pre my pregame thoughts. Uh, once I found out that Lattimore was back, I, I knew he would make a difference. I didn't think he'd get a pick six in the game, but that's neither here nor there at that point. But he, he's a good player, and he always has been. So once I found out that he was, in fact, playing because he was a, in practice all week, um, you know, I knew it would be tougher for Minshew to, to have a, you know, a good game or the offense to score as many points as I was initially thinking that they would. Um, so that made that made me think before today's game, uh, I was a little, I want to say concerned, but I, I knew this was going to be a closer game than I thought. I just had a feeling. So that's all true. I wasn't able to talk about it or put that on the on the airwaves, but again, I didn't think they'd lose. So regardless of having Lattimore in this game or not, I mean, I didn't think they'd lose. Now he did end up with the, the key game-deciding pick six on a horrible decision by Minshew who played probably the worst I've ever seen him play, including maybe even in Jacksonville. I mean, he was terrible in this game. Terrible. Overthrowing guys, underthrowing guys, looked scared in a pocket the whole game. I, I don't know. He's just, just not the guy that I've seen. It's just like, like he. This is how I expected him to look last week, not this week. Not after having a game under him, and he played very well against the Cowboys. But he looked skittish in there. He just looked, I don't know. I don't know. Didn't He looked unprepared. So I don't want to bury Minshew. He's a backup quarterback for a reason. We found it out today. Um, but, you know, I, I, I mentioned a few things. And actually, before I really start digging into the game, I just want to uh, get my thoughts out there uh, for – to Josh Sweat, that was a very scary. Anytime you have a, a player that's, you know, taped on a stretcher and carried off the field and carted off the field, and, and then he went to the hospital afterwards, uh, and he really didn't move much at all right from the injury point on. He, you know, he saw him kind of, you know, was tapping his his hand on the ground a little bit, and then I think a replay a little bit later showed that he was pounded his fist a couple times, but. Uh, he wasn't moving any of his of his major extremities other than just his, his hand, really, maybe his arm. So that's always scary, and it happened uh, right in the first that first long drive that the Saints had. You lost Josh Sweat right off the bat in this game, and uh, Sweat has had such an awesome year. It's so hard to see anybody you know come off the field like that uh, in a serious, um, neck injury situation. It definitely looked like he got his neck jammed on that, on that tackle. Um, you know, I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to try to speculate what the issue is. Obviously any type of injury like that, all the uh, necessary precautions are going to be at play. Um, which is why I understand that they took him to the hospital. And, uh, latest report is by the way, that he's going to be released tonight. Uh, they don't know, or at least they didn't report yet, what the extent of the injury is. I think we can, just based on the video, look like it's some kind of neck injury. Uh, hopefully it's something like, you know, just a stinger, which can still be extremely painful. Um, but again, anything with a neck is is extremely dangerous in this sport, and, and we hope that uh, that Josh Sweat is going to be okay. Um, I, I don't think he'd, you're going to see him again until the playoffs. Um uh, at the earliest, depending on the severity of his injury. Hopefully we see him back on the field 
uh, at all at this point. So, um, you know, those type of injuries could be career ending even, um, but it doesn't appear to be um, that severe, at least from the initial feedback that we got uh, after the game. He's going to be released from the hospital tonight, so that's obviously good. Uh, and then we'll find out, I'm sure, in, in uh, soon enough um, what uh, what exactly happened to him. But I just wanted to uh, make sure that I acknowledge that, uh, hoping that uh, Josh Sweat is going to be okay. Um, all right, so the Eagles lose to the Saints at home, twenty to ten. Just me even saying that just it's hard to get it out. But um, bad performance today. Just the first half was. You know, there's, there's certain times when the Eagles were painful to watch in my, you know, 40-some-odd years of being an Eagles fan. Back when uh, they had that great defense and Cunningham was injured and they were down to, like, their third or fourth string running back. This is, like, in 91 or 92. I think it was 91 or maybe 90, somewhere around the early 90s. And uh, I remember talked about it before. Uh, we actually went – it was my first Eagles game that I went to go see was the Eagles playing Tampa down in Tampa. Uh, it was again, 1990 or 91 or 92, somewhere around there. And, um, that's the year, you know, everybody got hurt on the Eagles uh, for quarterbacks and they were down to like their, I think Brad Gable started the game. Um, and, uh, their defense was great that year and they ended up losing to Tampa Bay. It was my first, my first Eagle game I ever went to was down in Tampa. I was on the road. My dad got my brother and I tickets and, uh, that game, that, that team that year offensively was and I remember that. I was just a kid. I was probably, you know, 14, 15 years old. No, hang on. If it was early 90s, rather, I was, uh, I guess I was 17 or 18. Um, but anyway, uh, regardless, uh, it, I remember those those teams being so painful to watch. I haven't felt that way with an Eagles offense like the, I did in the first half for that long. It's really been that long, at least that I can, that I can remember. You know, there's probably been a couple other times you know over the course of 40 years when eagles offense was that hapless but it was you know the bottom line is that was as bad an offense as i've ever seen uh execution wise i mean they had one first down in the entire first half one first down in the entire first half probably had the ball for about 27 of 30 minutes this is a team that is 13 and 2 heading into this game 13 and 2 uh, at home and you have one first down in the entire half putrid unacceptable absolutely unacceptable i don't care if it's your backup quarterback run the ball if you can't pass it i mean that was the other thing you know again the eagles are so pass happy at times, you know, the Andy Reed itis, the legend of Andy Reed and his pass happiness is just, has never left this team. And I know that the NFL in general has become more of a pass passing league. I get that, but you know what? You got a backup quarterback in there and he's struggling clearly way off his game. Run the freaking ball. Not to mention this saints team against the pass was, I think second or third in the entire NFL. And they're like in the mid to late 20s, 28th or something like that against the pass. Run the ball. Run the ball if your quarterback's off. The Eagles did not do that. Sanders had 12 carries for the entire freaking game. And guess what? 
when they ran it, he was averaging 5.1 yards per carry. Gainwell had a huge touchdown run that was called back on a ridiculous, horrible, horrible penalty. This That penalty, by the way, did not cost the Eagles the game. I'm not going to say that. I know I've said that in the, uh, you know, against the Redskins, some of the, or the uh, commanders. The Eagles had some penalties that I definitely believe cost them the game. That one did not cost the Eagles this game, even though it was a horrible call. The Eagles got one back that I'll talk about later. You know, so to me, it offsets. The A.J. Brown catch, by the way. That's what I'm referring to. I'll get to that in a minute. But point is, Gainwell was running the ball well. Boston Scott was even running the ball pretty well. Run freaking Sanders. Run the ball. I don't understand it. Your quarterback is struggling mightily. You have a team that doesn't stop the run well. You're at home. You got this. You still got a very good offensive line, even though Lane's out. Run the freaking ball. I don't understand it. It's like I I get so frustrated with that. I'm like screaming at the freaking TV. It's so damn obvious. You're a head coach in the league. You're an offensive coordinator in the league. How do you not know to run the ball in that situation? when you have a struggling backup quarterback against a team that doesn't stop the run. And when you were running it, you were having su- success on top of it. And you still went away from it. And I'm talking about more in the second half now. Later in the game. Pass, 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 pass. Bad coaching. I blame the coaching for this game. I won't say more than the players, because the first half, the players did not show up. Defensively, offensively, players deserve a lot of blame for this one. And the coaches do too. This is a team effort in this loss. Everybody sucked, with the exception of one player that I can think of. Or maybe two. Three, maybe. There's a few. Mostly on defense. I guess I'll name them now that I mention it. Devontae Smith, another huge game. Sanders would have had a big game if they gave him the freaking ball. The other two would be BG. Congratulations to BG. I'm definitely going to spend a minute talking about him. And Fletcher Cox. Hargrave, I think, you know, the defensive line in general played pretty well. You know, they they did a pretty good job. But it took them a while to wake up because they let the Saints march right down the field with no problem early in the game. In fact, most of the first half, they showed up in the second half for sure. Defensive line took over. It was too late. I talked about in the pregame, the Eagles record. Pregame podcast, I should say, that uh, I posted on Thursday. Or was it Friday, rather? The Eagles record since 2016 with and without Lane Johnson. Well, now we can update that. It was 59-29-1. Well, I guess it still is with Lane. So 59 wins, 29 losses, one tie with Lane. Without Lane, that now goes to, I guess they couldn't get into double digits. It was 9-21 and 21 heading into this game without Lane Johnson. Now it's 9 wins and 22 losses without Lane Johnson. It's not just a coincidence. It's a different team. And that's, that's why I said it's my biggest concern. 
going into the playoffs is not having Lane Johnson. Talked about Minshew. I don't know what the heck was going on with him today, but he was horrible. He played absolutely horrible football. Even on the one big pass to A.J. Brown, I guess you always have to give the quarterback credit, but that was not a great pass. That was A.J. Brown, and it was also A.J. Brown getting away with a penalty. Honestly, and that's why I just am not going to get too pissed about the horrible call on the lean Dickers or the uh, Landon Dickinson. Dickerson, uh, I always call him, I want to call him Dickinson all the time. The Landon Dickerson pancake block on uh, on the run there for a touchdown. That was a great block. I'm glad that the announcers, I think it was um, Daryl Johnson, both announcers really were ripping the heck out of that, especially Daryl Johnson, though. We're ripping that call. And there's the national guys doing it, so it wasn't the Eagles guys. Because that was a pancake. That wasn't a holding. And uh, terrible call. Terrible, terrible, terrible call. And Gainwell had a great run there, and it should have been a touchdown. But uh, if you watch that A.J. Brown 76-yard touchdown reception, he definitely tugged on the cornerback and kind of tossed him out of bounds. And so he can come back and make that reception. Eagles got away with that one. That should have been offensive packet pass interference, in my opinion. If you look at that replay again, you'll see it. Either way, again, you know, it was still a great uh, run after catch by uh, A.J. Brown. And, um, you know, got the Eagles back in the game. I thought, okay, you know, as badly as you guys played, I mean, as piss poor badly as you played in the first half, A.J. Brown, that play, got the Eagles back in the game. But then they still, after that play, couldn't get enough going offensively. Couldn't sustain any drives. Bad penalties. Offensive line just continues to just go off sides all the time. I don't know what the heck's going on, but that's been the problem for like the last month and a half. It's just cadence, man. Listen to the snap. Know the snap. If they, if they go into the you know playoffs with that problem still, those penalties are going to cost. They are costing them now, but you know in the playoffs those are just magnified. The quarterback sneak call I didn't like. I know the Eagles are great at it, but you're also great at it because you got a quarterback who could squat six hundred pounds. So you know them being stopped in that play. It's just like they all had all the ingredients. You know, twenty six yard punt. It just had all the ingredients of a loss. I was saying that. Texting my brother early in the third quarter. Like this game's just got all the all the ingredients for a loss. And they did. And they did. So Yeah, what does it all mean now? Well actually before I get into it. Before I get into the what does it all mean for next week and the playoff picture and all that. One last thing. Congratulations. Congratulations go out to BG. He has been and I know it was long before I started this podcast just last year, but I've been a huge Brandon Graham supporter from the day he was drafted. And I know a lot of you Eagle fans out there and a lot of Eagle fans in general cannot say that. That's just a fact. 
So I take a lot of pride in the fact that I stuck with Brandon Graham right from the beginning through his early injuries, through his defensive changing when they were kind of, you know, making him play linebacker and then make him a defensive end one year. And they just never, you know, they didn't know what to really do with him for the first three years of his career. Then it was, you know, then they were going to cut him. And there was Eagle fans calling for him to be cut, saying he was a bust. And why didn't we draft the, um, the hell is that safety's name there in in the Seattle Earl? I forget his name. You guys know what I'm talking about. Not going to waste much more time on it. But uh, there was a lot of heat from the fan base on Brandon Graham early in his career, saying he's a bust. Not me. Not from me. I've had BG's back from the beginning. I knew and I saw this guy's talent. Even when he had those first few years where he was coming back from his major knee injury and he was playing out of position and they were moving around and different defensive coordinators didn't know what to really do with him. I saw. I saw. He passed the eye test for me. I saw this guy had it. And I'm so, so glad that they did not release him because they were going to either release or trade him. They were close. Some of you may not, may or may not remember that, but I'm telling you, he was very close to being cut or traded. And uh, so I am so happy, so very happy for what Brandon Graham has accomplished in his Eagles career. You talk about the big play in the Super Bowl when he came up so clutch. A sack and fumble of Brady. Just his overall energy and, and just team leader, nice guy, all that. And uh at his at his late age in his in his career here, last year coming off a Achilles injury, which can awful oftentimes either end or essentially end a defensive end, or really a lot of players at that age. It's career. And for him to come back this year after tearing his Achilles, I think he's 35 now, 35 years old, and have 11 sacks. Congratulations, Brandon Graham. Congratulations, BG. And uh, he's been a great eagle for a long time. And on that sack, by the way, on his 10th sack of the game, he also put the Eagles at a pinnacle. The Eagles team this year has done something that has never been done in the history of the NFL. They became the first team in NFL history to have four players with 10 or more sacks. That's never happened before. Think about all the, just the Eagles great defenses that they had back in the Buddy Ryan days, right? Reggie White, Clyde Simmons, Jerome Brown, Andy Harmon, Mike Golick, Mike Pitts, Seth Joyner. Those teams didn't accomplish this. Think about the 85 Bears. A lot of people say that's the best defense of all time. They didn't do this. The Purple People Eaters, the Steel Curtain, a lot of teams have had great defenses throughout their history. None of them have ever had four players with 10 or more sacks. The Eagles did that. The 2022 20, Eagles 
accomplish that. And seven more sacks today. They already lead the NFL. They broke their franchise record on top of that for sacks in a season. Which, by the way, I'll throw another little nugget out there for you. The Eagles lead the entire NFL in the history as a team in sacks. That was before this season. They have more sacks than any other team in the NFL in history. Or the franchise. So, congratulations goes out to not only BG, but Hassan Riddick with another great game. Josh Sweat, who unfortunately, you know, as we all know, left the game early on a stretcher and we're going to keep our fingers crossed that we'll get some good news for, for Josh Sweat and thoughts are with him. Uh, and it sounds like he's going to be uh, – that it's not a super serious injury. We'll find out more. And Hargrave, Hargrove uh, had another uh, good game as well. Um, Fletcher Cox is not even in that conversation. I mean, he's doing well. Cox is having a good year, but he doesn't have 10 sacks. He's not even one of the guys that have 10 sacks. He had a sack today, a big one. Um, but just a uh, incredible feat by the uh, Eagles. Um, so that's the only positive to take out of this game. The only one that is it. Other than, like I said, Devontae Smith who stood out, um, you know, defensive line played well. Edwards continues to play well as a middle linebacker. So. Not a not an easy game to talk about. A lot of negative, but they it's all deserved. This is all what they earned today. The Eagles did not show up, and now, now in what seemed to be inevitable, that the Eagles would sew up that uh, number one seed and be able to rest their guys against the Giants. And a lot of people you were saying they'd have this sewn up and be resting the guy. Resting their team against the Saints. Well, they're not resting anybody next week because the Eagles have put themselves in a situation where they have to win to clinch the home field advantage, first round, and the division. So that's what you've earned today, Eagles. Congratulations. Now, I don't know how this game's going to look next week. We'll talk about it, obviously, in the pregame. Um, the Giants did win easily today. Uh, the Colts, by the way, have got to be like the worst team in the NFL. I think they would they would lose to anybody right now. The Colts are just giving up on their season. Um, but the Giants um, destroyed the Colts, and uh, they're in the playoffs. So they have nothing to play for next week in this game against the Eagles on the road. Now, this coach, divisional rivals and all that, throw in a mix, do they – did the Giants play their starters next week? I think it would be the, a stupid decision to do that. I'm not just saying that. I mean, if they want to play them, fine, go ahead. But it's just dumb. You got nothing to play for other than to try to knock your division rival from winning the, you know, from from securing a number one seed. You're going to put your your team at risk. Your your you know the Barclays and the uh, Joneses of the world, your other starters at risk to do that when you got nothing to gain from it. This, to me, that would just be stupid. You know. But we'll see what they do. We know the Eagles got to play their starters. 
Giants can take a week off. They want to cheat as a bye, they can. Eagles can't do that. They got to play their starters. We already know how many injuries they've had the last few games to key starters. Josh Sweat going down today. We don't know how long he's out. We hope to get him back this year. I mean, who knows how serious this neck injury is. Already lost Lane Johnson, perhaps, for the season. I think we definitely lost Maddox for the season. I don't think he's coming back. We don't know what the status of Gardner is. Gardner Johnson. If we're going to see him again. I mean, I think we will probably see him, but who, when, and, you know, who knows. And now they have to play Hurts. Well, now there's just me. I I basically was saying they got to play Hurts anyway in the Giants game just because I don't want to go f- almost, you know, over a month without playing any football. But now, you know, if he's medically cleared, he's got to start. So now you can't, you know, play with the, the cushion or with the hurts. You can't just, you know, give him time to heal. Now he's got to play. And you got to hope that that shoulder is going to be strong enough for him to play. So, again, you know, I'm pissed at this Eagle team today for that type of hapless performance. It'd be one thing if they went out and just lost to a Saints game to battle them and just grinded it out and, you know, just, you know, really earned the win. And I'm not saying the Saints didn't earn the win. They, they did earn the win. But the Eagles played horribly. The worst game this year they played, even worse than the Washington game. They played terrible in that game, too. I didn't even talk about the pick six by Minshew. I don't know what the heck he was doing on that play. You know, Lattimore obviously just read that play, goaded him into it, goaded him into that throw. Easy pick six, walked in, six yards out. Horrible decision by Minshew. And that basically iced the game. You know, I did not think the Eagles would come back after that happened. So, you know... That basically takes me through the what I want to talk about. Are the Eagles overconfident in this game? You know, what I'd love to know, and we won't ever know this answer, is if the Eagles, if Hurts could play, and they're just kind of just like, ah, oh, you know what, Jalen will give you another week, which I can understand them doing. But at the same time, if they were overlooking this Saints team, thinking, ah, oh, no problem, we could, we could take care of the Saints at home, knowing that they still haven't clinched anything left. Uh, clinch anything, and uh, and and they were just giving Hurts another week when he could have played. I don't. I'm not saying that's the case. Maybe Hurts simply is not ready to play yet. But I have this feeling that they they were just like, nah, we can we can win this without you. Take another week off. Well, guess what? Now you got to play him. And I don't know what the Giants are going to do next week. And now you know it doesn't really matter when you play a game. Anything can happen, even if it's the Giants' backups next week. Who knows? But the Eagles put themselves in that position. They got nobody to blame but themselves. So this is a tough, tough podcast to do. I didn't expect to be talking about, well, I mean, you always expect a loss. I mean, losses can happen. But I did not expect the Eagles to come out there and play as pitiful as they did today. 
at home with stuff that's still on the line. <laughs> they haven't clinched a thing other than a playoff spot. They haven't even clinched a division yet. Dallas still has an outside chance to even win the division. So here's what's at stake for those of you who may not be fully aware. If the Eagles somehow do not win next week, Dallas beats Washington, which shouldn't be a problem. The Eagles suddenly go from having the number one overall seed in the playoffs, home field advantage throughout, to having to go on the road. No, I don't know if they have to go on the road. Take that back. That's play Tampa in Philadelphia, I believe. Don't quote me on that. Could be wrong. Either way, they lose a lot. <laughs> That's the bottom line. And like I said, they put themselves in this situation. They've put themselves in this spot where now they have a must win next week against a division rival who I guess we'll find out if they're going to decide to play their guys or not. Now, again, if I was coach, even though I'm sure the Giants would love to do whatever they could to hurt the Eagles' chances, would you do that at the risk of hurting your own players in a meaningless game otherwise? They have nothing to gain. They can't increase their – they can't enhance their seed. They can't get a better seed. They're already in the playoffs. So that, that's a huge break for the Eagles because, I mean, again, the smart thing for the Giants to do is the rest of their guys. But will they do that? I don't know. I don't know. And even if they do, <laughs> the Eagles, if they come out like they did today, could lose to the Giants' backups. So I'm not going to harp on this anymore. It's a terrible loss. Um, you know, right off the, you know, New Year's Day. So 2023 does not get off to a good start for the Eagles, unfortunately. But I hope everyone did have a, uh, a safe and a, and, a, and a good New Year's last night. Um, they'll have to recover. This is not the end of the world. As much as this loss is painful today, they still have everything that they need in front of them for next week. So I'm going to end this show on a high note. And with that said, they got to get it done next week, folks. And uh, thanks again for listening. Really appreciate it, as always. We'll get it done. I'm confident to win next week. But uh, what a disgraceful game today, really. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I didn't sugarcoat it. That's what this show's all about. You're getting a, the heart of a fan. And uh, not feeling so well today. But anyway, we'll be back next week. We'll talk to you soon. Until then, fly, Eagles fly. And we'll be back there for the pregame against... The Giants next week. Take care, everyone.